0: I'm going to embarrass someone that um, is a Samwise in my life. You guys ever watched The Lord of the Rings? Um, if you've never watched The Lord of the Rings in your life, not one of the movies, will you raise your hand? Security? Security? What is wrong with y'all? What the heck are y'all doing at Christmas time? If you've watched it so many times, you need counseling, raise your hand. So Samwise, I I had a gumbo accident at the beach, literally. I burned it down to the bone. It was delicious gumbo, though, I tell you that. Um, Samwise is the character that is with Frodo. He's really the the star of the movie. The movie's more about Samwise than Frodo. And uh, Helms, stand up. This is John Helms. Stand up, let everybody see you right here. I've known Helms, John Helms, for twenty-one years. He knows every bad thing about me. He, if this guy can come to this church, there is no reason no one else should. <laughs> this man knows me inside and out. He was probably my wife's best friend for five years. We all did seminary together, and, and um, John is—he's he's the best cook I know. Just being honest. And, I, and that's, that's with April Boyer sitting right there and Brittany Banks sitting right there. John's, he's a chef. And we play in a golf tournament every year with uh, high school buddies, um, college buddies, seminary buddies. There's about 60 of us that go to Bell Mead Plantation in, at least that's what we call it. It makes it sound nicer. Uh, we call it Bell Mead Plantation and Spa. It's not really nice. And uh, But we go every year and he- everyone in life has a role to play. And you get in trouble when you try to be someone you're not. And Helms, he, he-, he makes the menu every year. I asked, I asked John one time, I said, if you could write a book, what book would you like to write? And he said, I'd like to write a book called Sandwiches I Like. <laughs> you can laugh all you want to until you have one of the sandwich- sandwiches this man makes. Um, his His sandwiches are unbelievable And so at the, at the Golf tournament he makes all the Golfers we have to order our sandwiches a week Out I want to read you Some of the definitions of the sandwiches He makes all right uh, Don't have any and his kids are right here Let me see all the kids raise your Hand if your favorite sandwich is a Peanut butter and jelly sandwich raise your hand if you're a Kid you'll grow out of that what about a ham sandwich? You know, we go to Firehouse, you get turkey, ham. No, the, the, John's not wired like this. John is a sandwich man. He wants to take a sabbatical, go up and down the East Coast, and stop at sandwich shops. I feel like the Lord's leading me to do that with him. He says, Here's some sandwiches, gentlemen, that you can choose from. Number one is a noostie, an unexpected classic. Wheat nut bread. Can I just say this about bread for a second? I know a lot of you are demonically paleo and all that stuff. Is there anything that makes you feel safer and more comfortable than bread? And if you're on paleo, I wanna say, I'm not judging you, at least not a lot, just a little bit. If you're on paleo, Jesus Christ called the bread of life, not the protein of life. I went to a nice hamburger place the other day and a lady asked me, I said, I want a bacon cheeseburger. And she goes, would you like that wrapped in lettuce? And I, I, looked, I we were looking at each other. I didn't know what she meant. I, was like, I said, no, you can just put the lettuce on top of the burger. And she goes, no, would you like, would you like the whole thing wrapped in lettuce? I said, you might want to take out a pen in case you get confused on this. No. I want warm buttered bread. Bread is the universal language of love. I've been to England uh, two times in the past six weeks. There's bread everywhere, bakeries everywhere. You walk into uh, Great Harvest and the smell of Great Harvest, and you put butter on it. One of Helm's sandwiches is the noostie, It's wheat nut bread, oven roasted turkey, brisket pastrami, Havarti, mayo, spicy brown mustard, tomato, bread and butter pickles, deli sliced banana peppers mile. You know I love torture in this church about food because y'all got to listen to me for about another 35 minutes. One has uh, oatmeal bread. That just feels good when you hear it in your ears applewood smoked ham heavy Mayo emphasis on heavy yellow mustard Swiss mild cheddar there's some with peppered roast beef the one he named after me is called the spicy Padre <laughs> is it not it says uh, if if passion were a sandwich Hardy whole wheat sweet ham smoked turkey peppered roast beef pepper jack baby Swiss mayo spicy brown hot tomato dill pickle Deli sliced jalapenos or banana peppers. And it says, this sandwich is a real beast. Protein forward and full of personality. Share this one and make a memory with someone. Must be ordered in advance. Do not ask for what you cannot handle. There's about 10,000 sandwich places in Greenville now. I mean, when I was growing up, it was substation. There's one of those around here. You get like four or five customers a month over there. Yeah. Firehouse, Subway. You've got tons of them. I love sandwiches. I love sandwiches. This morning, the title of my sermon is an uh-oh sandwich. It's an uh-oh sandwich. You see, it's, it's fun to name these things like Havarti. I don't even know what that is. It just makes me feel good or... Different types of meat, spices. I worked out with Mike Jones this morning. I went in. You know you're good friends with somebody. You walk in and start cooking your eggs. You don't even ask them where stuff is. Denise has a spice uh, cabinet. And it's like going to Publix in there. You just open it up and it's like 100,000 spices. Sandwiches are great when they're great and warm. You put something sour in the middle of a sandwich, I don't care how great your bread is this morning we're going to talk about uh uh-oh sandwich and the two pieces of heavenly warm bread one is joshua 8 and one is joshua 6 they're amazing makes you feel good they're warm makes me feel good Gets me excited gets me stirred up and you read joshua 7 and it's just nothing but uh uh-oh this is a big uh uh-oh sandwich you know there's only one way to know if you're friends with god only one there's not 10 do you do what he says I talked so fast and loud last week. I gotta slow down. I'm, I got seven weeks to preach this. Last week was like blah. blah, 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 blah. right? Come on in. God loves you. Blah blah blah. Uh, can we put John fifteen thirteen up here? The Holy Spirit told me about ten times last week. Talk slower. I was like, I can't. John fifteen thirteen. You're my friends if you do what I command. I want to do some. Just imagine in the spirit there. Imagine. I want you to use your imagination here you have when i point over here today this is uh actually i gave the wrong verse it might be 14 you're my friends if you do what i command this is old covenant over here this is new covenant over here i want to talk about some misconceptions of old covenant and new covenant we're only his friends if we do what he says that's in the new covenant right So let's go to the beautiful piece of bread known as Joshua 8. This is amazing. And I'm going to read a lot of passage, a lot. I probably read more today. I got some time. Let's go for it. Then the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Take the whole army with you. Go up and attack Ai. For I have delivered into your hands the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. Here's what's amazing about this. They're not getting to know each other right off the bat in Joshua 8. There is a stronger party in the covenant. He's not buddy Christ. He's not your homeboy. And just because you're a co-heir does not make you an equal the way you think you're an equal. Being righteously clean before the father and not being judged by the father is not the same thing as me and Jesus being the same person. And you say, well, that's of course not. You'd be surprised how many people think that subconsciously. Well, I'm a co-heir. And even the sin I'm about to commit, it's covered under the blood, brother, because I'm in the new covenant. Well, we might wanna talk about that a little bit. Right off the bat here, under the old covenant, God establishes himself as the stronger part of the covenant. There's so much revelation in this thing. I pray it changes your life. Holy Spirit, I ask uh, over the next 30 minutes that you would change people's lives with this revelation. I bless this house in the name of Jesus that you receive this from heaven, from heaven. From the throne room I'll release the angelic in here Angelic angels of revelation Ephesians 1 17 Father I ask that you just release Spirit of wisdom and revelation I bless this house with revelation Stronger party And in the first six verses Maybe five verses He gives him seven commands There's only like 58 words I counted them last night Seven commands You cannot ignore the fact that the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament, he has not stopped giving commands. He has not stopped being the stronger party. Jesus tells the same, or two people the same story. A storm is coming, build your house on a rock. Both heard, only one did what he said. A lot of times, people who get close to God start taking what he's saying as suggestions. He's friendly, he's not a pushover. And I promise you, he's not codependent upon you, and he does not need you to need him the way you think you do. He just doesn't. He's God Almighty. He was here before I got here. He's going to be here before I go home. (laughs) Um, He's big. He's huge. He's not saying, hey, Joshua, I don't want to be too pushy here. Joshua, do this, do this, do this, do this. Verse 2. You shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king, except that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the city. In Joshua chapter 6, he says, do not take any plunder. In Joshua chapter 8, he says, take the plunder. Common denominator. Just because you made a decision for Jesus 35 years ago doesn't mean as much when it comes to hearing his voice on a daily basis. He may tell you seven different things in one day. You have to listen to him seven different times. You see, we can't make a theology out of getting someone healed from spitting in mud and rubbing on someone's eyes. Jesus did that one time. You say, well, let's just create a ministry called uh, Pool of Bethesda. Bring some pools in here, jump in the pool. Well, you can't make a ministry out of that too. Jesus only did what he saw the father do. He's telling me to slow down again. He only did what he saw his father doing. You know what it means to be Christian? It means to keep your ear attuned to him 25 hours a day. Last night I had so many dreams. I had to write them in my journal. It took me about 20 minutes to get all this stuff down. Even at night to your spirit, man, you can be so attuned to him that he does not stop talking. Can I just say this? People that say a lot to me, I'm having a hard time hearing God. It's on your end, not his. He's actually very chatty. God's always talking. We're not always listening. Our hearts get hard. We lose the sensitivity to the spirit. We have idols in our lives. We cling to other things to make us comfortable besides God. It's not that he's not talking. It's you don't know how to hear him. And I'm not trying to condemn anyone. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. He doesn't say my sheep hear my voice every once in a while when I talk. People go on a fast and say, you're not going to believe this. I heard God so much on the fast. It's because you consecrated yourself. So if you want to learn on how to hear him, say, Father, would you teach me how to hear you? I promise you he'll answer that. Set an ambush behind the city. So Joshua and the whole army moved out to attack AI. Novel concept, He did what God told him to do and he went to attack. Many times words in our lives don't manifest because we don't attack what God's told us to do. We tiptoe into it thinking we're being wise and then we go process it with two, three other people. You process when God tells you to process. Abraham took Isaac to the top of the mountain and didn't process it with anyone. But other times Abraham had to process it with people around him. Do what he says, when he says, and how he says it in the new covenant. And if you do these things, it will go well with you. But a lot of times people think they're following God. Let me give you an example. People uh, will leave a church, a particular church, and the father never told them to leave that church. We take our lives into our own hands. We leave a job that the father never told us to leave. The moment you take your life into your own hands, you lose the, lose the privileges of being in covenant with the stronger party. Because when you take your life into your own hands, do you know what God, the person who's stronger in our covenant does? He will let you walk that out. You don't wanna go there. You ever play Simon Says? If you're a kid in here, raise your hand. All right, ready? If you're a kid, let's play some Simon Says. Jack, I love it, you raise your hand. All right, you ready? Kids, stand up. I want all the kids to stand up. We're gonna play Simon Says. This game's really hard. All right, you ready? Simon Says, raise both hands. Simon says, bring me some cheese. (laughs) Are you ready? Simon says, stand on your right foot. Simon says, stand on your left foot. Stand on your right foot. Mm, mm. All right, y'all can sit down. Here's the whole point of Simon says you do what Simon says and how he says it, or you're out of the game, right? The word Lord in Greek means owner in the New Covenant. The closer I get to God I don't have any more rights he talked to me this morning about Asherah poles Asherah poles I don't live with a donkey in my backyard and cut covenant with bulls and goats and I'm in the new covenant he's talking about Asherah poles there are just as many idols in the church I'm not talking to outsiders there's just as many idols in the church today as there was in the Old Testament you ready I'm gonna make this so simple you have to hire someone to help you misunderstand it you ready Here he goes. You ready? South Carolina fans, you ready? I'm gonna talk real slow. You ready? Here we go. Here he goes. An idol is anything in your life that brings you comfort that God should be bringing you. Holy Spirit is called comforter. An idol is anything you turn to that's not him for comfort. You say, well, I'm not gonna worship a pole. Mm. You might worship a friendship that he's been telling you to sever for a while. You might worship a decision he's been asking you to do. Worship is an expression of whatever's at the center of my heart. It can be pointed at other things other than God. Singing is is fun and it's it's real and I love it and it's intimate. We connect with God. What's more important than singing to God is being obedient to what He's telling you to do, because in covenant there's a stronger party. He's not my buddy. He's my Lord. He's my God. He just reminded me yesterday, again, I love going to the Atlanta Aquarium because that whale is so huge. And you pay $9 million to look at it. And the little fish get behind the whale and they just they, they draft off of him. He's the whale. I'm the tiny little fish. I'm not another whale holding hands. Yes, I'm in covenant with him. He's the big whale. I'm the little fish. I go where he goes, when he says to go, how he says to go. Last night, I had a dream so lucid it caught me so off guard. I dreamed all night, but in one of the dreams, I had a long conversation with a man I've never met. And God gave me a message through this man who if I said his name, you would know him. It was more real than, than real. To be in covenant with someone to follow him, even when you go to sleep, you can't get away from him. You see, we seem to think that when David says, even if I go to the, the depths, to the pits, I can't get away from you. That's not just a bad thing. Yes, your sins will find you out. But you know what? I can't go anywhere to get away from my connection with him if I choose to do that. Just because I'm in covenant with Wendy on paper does not mean our hearts are in covenant. That's a choice we make on a daily basis. It's no different with God. Joshua did what God said every time he said it. Well, maybe not. We'll get there in a minute on the uh-oh part. Let's go to Joshua chapter six. In Joshua eight, they end up destroying AI. I mean, they just, it, they Alabama them. They run right through them. Joshua chapter six, now this one's even more ridiculous. If I could take the time to describe to you what Jericho was like, he couldn't defeat Jericho. But God says a couple of things here that are amazing to me. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in, no one came in. No one went out, no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. God is so amazing that he looks into your future and talks about it in past terms. That's how much of a boss he is. Ain't nobody in this room can do that. Joshua's thinking, you have delivered me. Um, that Jericho, those fellows are right there. But to God, he's so dominant against the enemy, against your enemies you know the highest form of warfare is just to be intimate with God and God destroys your enemies? Most of them you don't even know are coming against you. Can we go back to verse 1? In verse 1 it says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. Do you know you can build such covenant with God that the enemy has to have a gate because you bring such a threat to him? They had gates because... Israel wasn't strong. They were tiny. They were weak. But the one they were in covenant with was and is vicious against their and your enemies. You know what some of y'all need to do when the enemy knocks on the door? Send Jesus to the front door. Paul says 189 times in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in him, in Christ, in him, in Christ. You can build such intimacy with Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, and the Father, that the enemy gets tired. I'm serious, I don't mean like, I'm not being melodramatic here. The enemy gets exhausted even thinking about coming against you, because the enemy can see that well. The enemy wants you to get as far away from that well as you possibly can. One bad decision, two bad decisions, disobedience, disobedience, disobedience but God, I thought we were in covenant. Chad, we are in covenant, but you separated yourself from me. Well, then let me repent and get right back to you. He says, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Joshua says, okay. Verse three, march around the city once with all of our men, do this for six days. It's amazing how this story is. Have seven priests, he, he, he says that, blow the trumpets in verse five. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. The way you get victory in the kingdom is not through you exercising your prophetic gift. It's you exercising your intimacy in the Father, and then he will show you things in your future before they even manifest. You do not need an office as an apostle, a prophet, Uh, Pastor, you just need to be able to be so intimate like John in the upper room that your head is on his chest. God will show you your future. This has happened to me. It happens to me just about every week. I would even say it does when I'm abiding. God gives him the script before it happens. He even says in Joshua 1 Moses, my servant, is dead. Now I'm going to be with you. You be strong, you be courageous. But the same thing in John 15, but if you don't abide by the covenant, then it's not going to go well for you. Jesus will say it this way later on. If you abide me, you'll produce much fruit. But if you don't, you won't. A lot of God's kids get tormented by the enemy, not from a lack of competency, but from a lack of intimacy. If I'm not abiding in Jesus, I am opening myself for attacks of the enemy all the time on your business, on your marriage, on your finances, on your future. But you stick next to that well. I'll give you an example. It goes well for you, no pun intended. Yesterday, I'm at St. Simon's. I'm walking on the beach. I went for such a long walk. I walked through the town. I got lost, which is not a big deal for me because I'm not good with directions. And on the walk, I said, Father, what's on your mind? He said, the hordes of hell are about to come against you. I said, what else is on your mind? <laughs> now, remember, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, right? Authorities in dark places. And then the father showed me what he wanted for me for a season of consecration and showed me how it would go if I consecrated myself. I have a huge announcement coming on August 26. The dream I had last night was another confirmation of his plans on this house. We're making decisions around here. God is establishing this house is not just a local church that blesses Greenville, but it's a regional hub for releasing, training up other leaders from around the Bible Belt, the country and the globe. This, this is already happening. So of course the enemy's gonna attack it. So here's what I said yesterday on the beach. This is a really deep prayer. You ready kids? I said this, you're the big whale and I'm the little fish. See, some people, if God shows you, hey, Jericho's about to come after you, ring the bell, sound the alarm, bring in the intercessors. Ah! A lot of that's fear-based. You know the first best move? I just want to be as close to you as possible. The apostle John, with his head on the chest of Jesus, was the only disciple at the cross, only one. Intimacy is not for cuddle experiences. It's for power, vicious power, dead-raising power. So now, we got a good story. You know how this goes. They conquer Jericho. It's amazing. God says, don't take the plunder. Beautiful, warm piece of bread in Joshua 6. Beautiful, gorgeous piece of bread in Joshua 8. Tastes good. But then here comes the uh-oh. That stink, left out fish for three days in your hot car. You know, you go get some uh, a, a good fish sandwich It's delicious. Maybe some jerk spice. That's one thing. Let that fish sit out for three days. Put it back on the sandwich. You're going to be MD 360. Joshua 7. Watch this. Whenever a chapter starts with but, it ain't going to go good. That ain't going good. But, here we go. The Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. You notice the word unfaithful? Do you know that both in the old covenant and the new covenant, in Jehovah is the same. He sees once that you become His, He sees you, you and Him, them, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, as in a literal covenant. Do you know that the reason there's so many large mega churches is that some of these new covenant churches are not preaching covenant; they're preaching a promise of the covenant, and people will go to a church because they want to get rich because a, a a promise will be made out of the covenant, and the focus becomes more about the promise than the holder of the covenant. Let me explain myself. A lot of spirit-filled people search after the promises more than they do being in covenant with the literal person. gonna be a lot of people that get there on that day and they say, well, what's going on? The Lord's like, I never knew you. That word know there is a picture of intimacy. Where's the generation of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that say, even if the promise over my life never manifests, I'm okay because I'm so in covenant with my God. Jesus sees you as unfaithful when you don't walk with him in the old covenant and in both the new covenant. But there's been a huge misconception from the enemy that there's more grace in the new covenant to be unfaithful to that same God of the covenant. Says who? Ask Ananias and Sapphira's family how it went for them. Oh, it's under the blood, brother, a new covenant. It's under the blood. It's a new covenant. There's not as many consequences in the new covenant as old covenant. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? I'm here to tell you, I'm a new covenant preacher telling you there's just as many consequences for disobedience in the new covenant as there were the old. Can we go to 1 Peter 3, 7? This is Simon Peter, one of the disciples. Listen to what he says. Husbands, in the same way, be considered as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Well, I didn't think that my prayers could be hindered in the new covenant. Well, this is first Peter. You got to do hermeneutical gymnastics to get out of that one. The new covenant is not a license to do what I want to do. I have to be just as surrendered to the same Yahweh as Joshua was. And if I'm not, I'm opening myself up to be attacked like I'm about to read to you in in, um, Joshua 7. There's just as many consequences to disobedience in the new covenant as there is the old. And if you want to play with fire, you're going to get burned. I called a meeting today, two people very dear in my life, two high level prophetic people. I said, this is what the father's telling me to do. And I'm telling you right now, if I don't do it, I want you to call me on the carpet. God is asking me to consecrate myself in this season. Have you ever wondered why consecration is not talked about as much now as it was back in the Old Testament? Fasting still matters, prayer still matters, holiness still matters. You can't do what you want to do and say, well, I'm in the new covenant. It's going to be okay now. How did that go for Ananias and Sapphira? Also, apparently your prayers can be hindered in the New Testament. Wouldn't you rather have a church that preaches truth and just cuddles up to another little fancy teaching? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in the new covenant. I'm gonna stand before him one day and it's gonna be about what I did with me and him. There are a lot of God's kids that are playing it like lackadaisical in the New Testament. You're playing with fire. um, This is interesting. I've never seen this before. Can we go to the Luke passage before we go back to Joshua 7? The passage where Jesus talks about the new covenant, where he says this, after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And that's where we celebrate, and we say, This is amazing. Would you look at the next verse? I have never noticed this but the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. He talks about the new covenant blood and the first thing out of his mouth is, and one of you will betray me. There are other, his disciples that are betraying him all the time and still putting a stamp as though everything's okay. There's only one way we're no, we're, we're friends with God. Am I consistently and continually doing what he says? Guys, I'm just here to tell you, I, I'm, I don't hear preaching like this hardly anymore, anywhere. There's hyper grace preaching that, how about this one? You can't grieve the Holy Spirit, brother. You just cannot grieve the Holy Spirit. Would you, do you mind putting up a verse? It's new, in the last three months, they added it to the Bible. Would you put up, um, is, it, is it first, I can't, it's not hit me right now. Uh, it is Ephesians uh, Ephesians 430. Ephesians 430. Do we have that? That's 2.8. Do we have Ephesians 4.30? I'm gonna take my time on this. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Who preaches this anymore? We've created a psychological gospel that's intended to make me comfortable when the essence of the gospel is that I die to myself and I say yes to God. And I'm a laid down lover to him. And I I, I do. There's gonna be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that stand before him. He has shown me this. He has shown me clearly. I don't even like conflict. They're going to stand before him and not know that they weren't regenerated. The devil realized he couldn't defeat the church, so he just joined it. And he's presented this witchcraft, demonic gospel that doesn't cost you anything anymore. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't like this church? Go find another one. Better air conditioning there. I'll just move there. Don't like this job. Don't like this spouse. Don't don't like this. Don't like this friend. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. And... How can, how is, where's is the fear of the Lord? Where is a sense of the fear of the Lord of like, Lord, I want all, all of me in you. Like I, I, this is black or white. That song is so prophetic from Joe. The church is asleep and I'm not talking about those out there. I'm talking to us as family. Some of you husbands, your prayers might have been hindered for the last 30 years because you've never given your wife proper role and your own marriage and honor. Well, it's not that big a deal. I mean, it's kind of like a pet sin. It's not hurting anybody. Well, it's coming between your covenant with the lover of your soul. Covenant, covenant is not chill bump love. Covenant is, you, 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 he died for us and all he asked is for us to die to self in return. It's death on both sides for the purpose of what? for resurrection i only walk in resurrection power when i'm dead resurrection power can't hit anything that's not dead if you need resurrection power in your life why don't you do this resign from your job today and said father i'm tired of sitting on the throne of my own life you are my boss colossians three twenty three. whatever i do i work at it as i work for the lord and not for man i am sold out to you in joshua 7 it goes bad and here it goes But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took some of them, so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel, and told them, go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. You better not ever underestimate the enemy. It's one thing to walk in authority; it's another thing to be unwise. Don't ever underestimate the enemy in the second round. Don't ever, don't ever underestimate how can calamity can come knocking. We need to remain humble and wise. Be the little fish behind the big well and say, "Father, I'm just all yours." He didn't take He, he didn't take them seriously. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not weary the whole army. Do not weary the whole army. If you don't have God's power on you, your army's not nearly as strong. Because remember in, in, in verse, in chapter eight, they took 30,000, they took care of business. I want to trust in the Lord with all my heart and never lean on my own understanding. Just because this battle looks easy that I'm about to face doesn't mean I can conquer it on my own initiative or my own power. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. The reason Paul rose the dead, rose the dead from the graves, is he got to the island of Malta and healed them all. He just got more dead as his life went on. More and more dead. More and more dead. And more and more power. If you want more power, and I'm not saying you want it, but if you want more power, it only comes through death and then resurrection on that death. Luke 9 23, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. How dead are you? Seriously, come on now. How dead are you? I'm excited because I want to be dead. I just want to be like, bend me, like the Welsh revival, 1904. Bend me, bend me, whatever you want. And you know what? Those that come against you, you can't even hear it anymore because all you're concerned about is the audience of one. I mean, this is exciting to me. Gosh, it's so exciting. We're down here for a blip. It's a training ground right now for your life eternally. And some of you are playing with fire because you don't think that. You don't think that. A tree is only known by its fruit. This means nothing. I got to live my life in such a way where I know this is only training ground. You're only one irregular heartbeat from being there anyway. You're not as strong as you think. You know what fearing the Lord is? It is just bowing low in reverence. And here's the day. I've never been so excited about being close to him. I'm just admitting he's a stronger party. I'm not. And he removes his hand from Joshua and it doesn't go good. Verse four. So about 3,000 went up, but they were routed by the men of AI, routed. You can either do the routing or be routed. It's all predicated upon one thing, get behind the well or swim on your own. Swim on your own, here comes a gobble-gobble fish. You're a goner, you're someone else's appetizer away from the big well. You're a sheep, I'm a weak sheep. But a weak sheep gets behind a well and somebody bothers that well and that well turns around and then it's like, ooh. You can descend to such a high place on the mountain, on the summit, and stay there that the devil, his nose starts bleeding because he can't exist in the air you're living in. This is amazing how this works. I can get to such a place of intimacy with God that the air's too thin for others to go. Matter of fact, this is in, I was not planning on talking about this, and this is in my notes. If I find this, this will be, this would be a miracle. Where would that be in Job. Where would I have those notes? Do you have your phone, Wendy? I took them on your phone at the at the beach. There is a passage in Job that is prophesying about the coming day. That there is a path. There is a path that the lion can't get to. There is a path that the spiders can't crawl. It's a thin path. Remember when Jesus said the road is narrow? There is a path where. Remember the devil roars like a lion. There's a path you can walk on. The enemy can't travel it. You know what that path is? Intimacy and obedience, friendship and fear. Holy Spirit, please, where is this thing? I'll preach it next week, praise God. And what I'll do is, what I'll talk about is this. You can get to such a place in God that the enemy has to leave you alone. You become the one that routes, But the way in which that's null and void in the new covenant is disobedience. (laughs) I'll, I'll land the plane here. Disobedience is just as costly in the new covenant as it is the old covenant. This applies to pastors, church leaders, marketplace Christian leaders. My obedience four days ago really doesn't mean much right now, does it? They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. He said, all right, take out a pen, get out your Starburst journal. Here it goes, write this down. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. By the way, I love how he's exalting God right off the bat. He's not down there in Clinton, okay? He's up in heaven. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our what? How about this? Obedience is by the second. So part two of our sermon, the uh uh-oh sandwiches, just because it's great in Joshua 8 and Joshua 6 doesn't mean Joshua 7 was great. Joshua's obedience in Jericho did not defeat Ai. He had to listen the same he did in his first victory. He didn't do it. Same Jehovah, same general. Joshua took the other one for granted and there was a guy named Achan that took some of the plunder in Jericho and God told him, do not take that plunder. If you take that plunder, it will ruin your life. You will be unfaithful to me and I will back off you little fish. I'm the big whale and I will go do my own thing. You see, because holiness to God is who he is. And when I walk in in, in a level that's not holy in the new covenant and I disregard the things of the Lord, the way they did, things change. You open up pathways for the enemy. But if I am in intimacy with the father and I'm saying, hey, where you go? I'll go. My life is not mine. It is amazing. The people that win big in the kingdom, in the marketplace and in the church, they're not that brilliant. They're just dead. (laughs) They're not brilliant. Some of the best warriors have fear in their hearts. Why do you think he's got to tell the greatest general in the history of the world not to be afraid about five times? Because Joshua dealt with fear. But here's what Joshua did, and I can't read it in church that they'd fire me even though it's in the Bible. When he found out what Achan had done, he did not say, you know what, let's just bless him. Let's pray for him. He brought him in and said, Achan, you have done a foolish thing. This is not going to go well for you. And they, to this day, rocks over where they put the family. Simon Peter looked at Ananias and Sapphira at New Covenant. New Covenant, New Covenant, New Covenant, New Covenant. Can I say it again? In the New Covenant, he looks at Ananias and Fire and says, you've done a foolish thing and they got smoked. When you say, this is kind of scary. No, I think it's kind of sober because I want God on his terms, not mine. I want to follow the God that is not some fabricated uh, church hop, conference hop. I don't take holiness seriously. I do what I want. I got pet sins. Who really cares? It don't work that way. I can't sing it like you, Joe, but I can say it. You, you gotta be white or black. And this is a sermon series on either get all in, you'd be better off just go do your own thing. You cannot be in covenant with Jehovah and do what you want to do. I bless myself. I say this right to myself. I don't, I don't, yes, this is hard, but holy smokes, Jesus in John 6 says something, you know, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And mo- many of the disciples deserted him. The closer I get to Jesus, he actually causes more tension in my life, not less. That tension allows me to grow if I choose into it. The way of the cross is hard, but you know what's interesting? The more you die, the burden that used to be heavy on you becomes light. Is that not the truth, guys? Father, I thank you for this church. I sincerely do. I don't wanna do an altar call this morning. I don't wanna do an altar call. I just wanna speak a blessing. I don't don't want the band back up here. I don't, I don't, I, I want, I want, um, Is Will here, is Will here? Can you see, can he play the piano? Can you play the piano? Let's just be quiet for a second. Take about, um, just take a few minutes and process this with the Father on where you are on this.